0: We live in a digital age and for mid-market business owners – digital marketing is one of the most important things you can do to grow your business and your revenue and be more successful. It's not okay anymore to take an Instagram photo on your iPhone, post it yourself five seconds later and hope that it works. It's all about data. And we're going to find out today how you can design that whole strategy around content for all of the social media channels, for Google, for search. We're going to find out about how important data is and how you can actually see things changing with the advent of more video marketing, and even voice-based search. Hi, I'm Craig West, and in this episode of Mid-Market Matters, we've got Chris Nelson from Juicebox to talk to us about what we need to get right as a mid-market business in terms of our digital marketing. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Craig. I want to start out with just exploring what's different about marketing and particularly digital online marketing for a mid-sized business. I've, my wife's got a very small business. She runs her own Instagram page. She takes a photo of something she's selling with a phone, posts it herself five seconds later, job done. In a medium-sized business, that's not going to cut it anymore. So what do we need to start to think about to do things differently? I think it's a holistic approach
1: when it comes to uh, advancing from a small business mentality. Uh, to a mid-sized business, at the end of the day, uh, the professionals in our game are professionals. They are trained. They are keeping in touch with trends and tools and uh, technology. I guess there's a big underline under technology. And therefore, it's important to engage an agency. But going back to the holistic piece, I think a lot of small businesses, they're their own worst enemy because they They're only resource usually, and they're trying to run social media or they're trying to maintain their website, and often time beats them. When you advance and and you have a holistic digital strategy, you really can't afford for any piece of the puzzle not to be maintained, considered, analysed, and I guess, uh, you know, change in strategy where required. So I think it's about ensuring that all data is analysed, all channels are analysed, and
0: that it is a big part of your marketing and brand strategy wouldn't mind going back to basics. Um, digital marketing, we throw that term around all the time um, and when you go online and we look at anything to do with digital marketing, there's 4,000 different opinions about what that actually means and what's it look like. What do you think that covers? What's What are the important aspects of it?
1: I think that that term is incredibly hard to define and you're right, it's it's very misunderstood, but I think it, it in its essence, it's digital communication and touch points. Marketing is is about communicating your value to your target audience. And I guess there are many channels uh, that exist through digital, whether it be an EDM, whether it be display advertising or social or search, all of these uh, channels are considered and they're broadcasting uh, your brand, your business to hopefully your audience. And for that reason, it just needs to be considered as a digital communication piece. There's nothing more to it, as long as we are having a conversation in any which way and and broadcasting a message, it's
0: marketing. We might just go through some of those and have a chat about what the important aspects are to get right for business owners. I mean, I, I had an accounting practice that I worked in about 30 years ago, and I remember writing articles for a client newsletter, which was initially physically posted out in an envelope to our clients. And then we got really revolutionary and started faxing it to clients. And, The world's changed dramatically since then, obviously. I'm showing my age, but the communication, the essence of it hasn't actually changed. You just mentioned EDM. That's just an electronic version of that old newsletter I wrote 30 years ago. That's correct. But uh, a
1: lot of people of your ilk will tell me that it was a lot more effective when it was posted out and now it's too easy just to delete it rather than um, having it arrive and and opening it up. However, I think what we potentially are coming back to is more personalised communication. And we can do that through data. When we know the person, we know what they like, what they're interested in, uh, what subjects they've interacted with in the past. It's a lot easier now to tailor uh, and, and also reference their name and, and you know, etc. really tailor that piece of communication to them when we when we first moved to e-newsletter for example i'm not sure how effective those are anymore but when we it was a, it was sort of a machine gun approach you much like the posted um, version you'd send it out to everyone and you know just hope that there was something in there for uh, everyone to engage with or that they found interesting but you you really had no science behind it so now in in this age of digital we are getting very personalized
0: and and the technology supporting that So in other words, to use an example, someone comes onto my website and they're looking at information to do with an employee share plan versus someone different comes onto my site and looks at information around getting their business ready to sell. We should be communicating to them differently according to what they're interested in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of this information
1: gets maintained in your CRM. However, in the the absence of a CRM that's uh, providing this sophistication, there's still a, a very Uh, there's a lot of methods to go about tracking where and what they did and therefore making sure if we are retargeting or delivering content in the future to these people, that it is uh, of the same subject matter that they were interested in. Um, You mentioned CRM. Just explain that to me. Well, I think a CRM is essential to every business. I think where we're going with a CRM, which is effectively a customer relationship manager, is that we are now learning about every interaction or touch point that a person has had with our digital comms. Now, this means that if they were interested in subject Y, or they clicked through to you know link A, that we can then identify that there was some level of interest in that subject matter. That means the next time we deliver content, if we're trying to appeal, we're obviously going to prioritise uh, that content, and you know the analysis just
0: continues on through the lifetime of a customer. Okay. You mentioned also the word data and you've mentioned it a couple of times, I think. I'm interested to find out how you're using or how you're seeing businesses use that data to target customers. I know, you know, you go onto the Sydney Morning Herald site and suddenly you see ads popping up for a BMW car. And that's because yesterday on your iPad, you browsed a BMW website to see what the prices were. Is that the data you're talking about or is it more complicated than that? I think there's many levels of data. I think it it comes down to what
1: technology you're using. Uh, Obviously, it's best to have a central point, which is why I reference CRM, um, where this is housed and you do uh, know the journey of a customer. However, the the retargeting that you speak of, it's still a really effective means. Um, The reason I say that is, you know, you're obviously spending a lot of money on some aspects of digital marketing and you don't really... There's no uh, guarantee that one interaction with your brand or your website is going to lead to a sale. So we do need to remain front of mind. I think uh, I read a study recently that it takes four touch points to create enough awareness to actually see a person go from interested to a client or a customer online uh, for e-com specifically. So knowing that we've got to get in front of them four times and preferably not with the same content, you should be changing content as they proceed uh, through their journey. Uh, We need to be very strategic about how we go about delivering each
0: aspect of content as we try and get them over the line. I want to drill down now into and talk about Google and search particularly, because it's obviously a big deal. I mean, I know I've got a 19-year-old and a 23-year-old. They don't do anything without typing it into Google first and searching. And, you know, that includes where they have a coffee for breakfast. It includes what they buy. It's all pervasive in their world. And obviously, it's becoming more and more so. Um Google, I guess, you read in the news that Google's changed their algorithm, you know, and that means whatever it means for search. Talk to us a little bit about Google and how we should be thinking about and approaching that. I think
1: uh, the first and foremost is Google AdWords changed its name to Google Ads. And they they did that uh, with a real purpose in mind, being that it wasn't AdWords. It was they have a full advertising network now, whether it be Google Shop or Google Display, they're starting to see that they've got to advertise in, in other ways or offer advertising options um, outside of just raw search. The Google Ads uh, system is becoming very, very competitive and clustered. And I think uh, there's been some major changes with you know just showing how many paid listings they'd have at the top of the page Uh, That's one on mobile. It's three for desktop. So imagine if you had five for desktop, then effectively you're showing two more clients. But because there's only three spots, the bids are having to drive up higher. And I think what we're seeing is a bit of a trend with some industries actually spending less on Google Ads uh, simply because it's just not becoming cost effective. When we talk about uh, SEO optimization, uh, what we're seeing now is a big change to the breadth of search term. So whilst it would be fantastic for somebody to rank for engineering Perth, the fact of the matter is that's kind of unlikely because it will be a very competitive space. So what you could do is you could either invest heavily into that with a very, very long-term strategy, but what we're seeing is given the nature of voice technology... People are actually leaning towards more question long tail search terms. So people are typing more questions into search rather than simply typing "engineer Perth." So, with that in mind, and with the knowing that you know the devices that are now living in people's homes and they're literally conversing with them with a question, it's people are now writing content to specifically ask answer these questions uh, with the mi- with the mindset that well. If I am a subject
0: matter expert in my field, then this is a really sound strategy. That's a really interesting point. So the, the difference voice is making typically is that, and you know, you've got an Alexa or you've got the Apple, AirPod, or you've got, you know, there's all these gadgets around now that we just talk to and say, where's the best cafe within five kilometres or where's the best place to buy X. That language changes because you don't type that into Google. You, you speak differently to what you type. Most people do. How much of a difference is that making now? It's making a big difference. I uh,
1: read a stat the other day that 45% of searches don't result in a click-through to a website. Now, before you say, you know, how does that work, Google are providing more and more of the answers as soon as you type in your question. And when they don't know the answer, obviously something like basic mathematics or what time is it in in, uh, New York, uh, are questions that Google can answer on their own. But when they don't have the answer, they turn to the most credible source i.e. the website that appears to be the uh, leading answer for that particular question, and they they deliver your content. And it can have a real benefit in in driving traffic. We have one client who are who asked uh answered a very sophisticated uh mining question, or I think it was asset management question, and he gets sixteen thousand unique uh visits a day because of that answer. And the reason being is Google placed that top and center as his website being the source. For that answer. So whether that's had a huge impact on his business is debatable, but what it does show is the, the trend for Google and how they're using their search engine to deliver those answers to uh, visitors.
0: That's a really interesting example because it's, it, as you said, engineering Perth unlikely, but you know specific questions relating to engineering services in Perth are going to direct people to that. You need to think about that from a business owner's point of view as to how you engage that strategy. Definitely, the amount of times I sit down with clients and uh, we're discussing a web
1: project, and I ask, "What's what's your budget?" If you wouldn't mind me asking, and they say, "Look, I really just don't know how much these things cost," and I th- I thought after one particular meeting, I'm going to type in how much does a website cost in Perth, and there was really <laughs> no information around that could assist anyone. It was uh, you know, and whilst people aren't going to reveal their pricing, in a lot of cases. What an opportunity if you really wanted to educate the market to be somebody who was on the front foot offering a bit of a buyer's guide.
0: I want to talk about social. Obviously, it's the you know it's been a buzzword now for several years. It's not new, but we still see people getting it badly wrong even large corporates and large brands getting it badly wrong doing things that just don't work or you know doing something that actually upsets customers you see occasionally posts where people there's hundreds and hundreds of negative comments following a, a big brand's post from a mid-market point of view we've got some resources we're growing our business how do we how do we design a strategy around social media firstly well we call it a content strategy and i think that even yeah, with Mid-tier
1: businesses, a lot of them, still don't have this in place. Firstly, you have to ask yourself, what content do I want to serve? Let's categorise this content. Uh, we need to have a, a diverse range of content types because just serving the same type of post or the same styled post each and every time, you won't get the engagement long-term. So, firstly, you define what are the content categories that we're going to be releasing. Secondly the hard part for most businesses is how do I get this content? Who's going to produce it? How do I get that photo? Who's going to take that video? But it it needs to be an active piece in your business if you really want to get the results on social. And thirdly is how do we broadcast it and amplify it? I'm not just talking about hitting boost button because to be honest, that would have uh, little to no effect if not managed properly. But what audience are we trying to serve this content to? And what strategies do we have in place here Obviously, I know, Craig, that you've cottoned on to uh, the LinkedIn algorithm and how getting early engagement and lots of it can tend to set the post on fire, meaning that it it really uh, streams up people's feeds and and gets a lot of engagement. And that's simply because you've worked out the algorithm to some extent. But a lot of businesses don't understand that. And especially when each platform is different, if you're going to spend time investing into content, creating content, let's make sure it gets seen and preferably by your
0: target audience. Okay. So you talked about, and that comes back to, I guess, the data you talked about before, you know, knowing who your target audience are, where are they looking, what what channels are they using, and then how do we approach them? Correct. And I think it's also important to pay attention to the
1: trends. I read a study recently that Facebook had a 0% growth in terms of engagement in the last 12 months. Now, that may be concerning, but I think there's still a lot of emphasis placed on Facebook by businesses, but the actual platform is declining in Australia for engagement, Instagram's really rocketed uh, ahead, uh, given that it is owned by Facebook, but people have taken a leaning towards that. They've made some interesting choices, uh, such as hiding the amount of engagement that each post gets, which, Mm. which really shook up the industry but the big leader for me is is linkedin at the moment for a mid-sized business this is just one aspect one channel that just does not get enough love you can do some really amazing things on linkedin their advertising platform is extremely powerful i think it evolves more than facebook and instagram on a on a regular basis and if i ask most businesses what's on your linkedin profile as a business they wouldn't even be able to answer because it gets so it's so poorly
0: maintained and probably doesn't get the priority it deserves so you mention amazing things you can do on LinkedIn. Give us an example or a couple of examples around what you might be able to do as a business owner on LinkedIn.
1: Well, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I I looked at the data of who had visited our website recently, and well, I can tell the exact companies that were looking uh, at our agency's website. And so I then thought, well, I wonder who their marketing people are. So using this data, I went and looked at each business and, you know, sometimes they had staff of 50 plus, but on occasion it was, you know, less than 20. And I'd find the person that I thought was going to be directly responsible for the decision making around marketing. And I, I added them as a connection. Now, I could have been even more aggressive and then taken that to the next level and, and actually introduced myself. But what I was really saying is, hey, I'm reaching out. If you, I'm, I'm there if you want to have a chat. That's one strategy, uh, being able to determine which companies are on your website. That's a powerful aspect. But then let's take that to another level. Let's say I want to speak to the HR uh, seniority of a certain industry, and I only want them to be in South Australia. Well, I can narrow that right down and deliver my content specifically to that job title of a certain seniority for a business of a certain size,
0: in a certain location, in a certain industry. That's powerful stuff, if you get that right. Yeah, so that's just about knowing what the platform's capable of doing and using it in your business. Correct. I think sometimes the platforms do require a digital marketing expert
1: to be involved. Uh, However, it's more that these platforms are evolving so quickly and businesses just don't remain up to date or educated with what it can do. So many clients say to me, oh, I just know I need to be using LinkedIn better, but they don't actually know what they're meant to be doing better. They just know that they've heard buzzes and rumors that things are going in a way that could really advance their business, but they're, they're not maintaining speed.
0: It's an interesting point. Why do you think it is? This whole social media is an area that people think they can do it themselves. Now, no mid-market business owner would do their own tax return or set up their whole IT system. Why do they think social something they can do themselves? I think it's because we all
1: have our own personal accounts, and obviously they're maintained by us. And uh, you know, it's it's as easy as just posting a photograph and writing some text, isn't it? So I guess there's there's a lack of respect for uh, every, what we call sort of a pixel perfect approach and that you need to consider every word, consider every image, consider the whole uh, content calendar for the month and make sure that if you were being delivered this content, you would truly be engaged if you're the audience. And if you're not excited by it, then what what chance do you have? So I think really, because people have got used to using these
0: platforms for their personal stuff, they don't give it a respect on on a corporate or business level. Yeah, it's an interesting comparison because you've got your own Facebook page that you talk to friends on, it doesn't really matter, you can post a photo out having a beer on the weekend, but from a corporate point of view, you can't possibly be doing that. No, that's correct, and probably very dangerous if you've had a beer or two. But uh,
1: I think that when you have that calendar, that content calendar in place, then you really don't, a lot of the strategy and a lot of the, the, the pre-planning is, you know, is the hard work's done. So you just need to deliver on that content then. And I think it's also important to go back retrospectively and look at what worked for you. Uh, sometimes it's the post that I least expected. Uh, for example, uh, we made a, a push around removing coffee cups in the office. We, we enforced all staff to have a, a keep cup and we then calculated how many coffee cups we'd save from going into landfill and, and it blew up. And, and what it said to me is that, uh, we, were, we were standing for something and, and our, you know, people really appreciated that our agency had that personality about it and, and was prepared to,
0: to uh, make that you know, loud and clear to the market. And again, you're talking about data. You're talking about reviewing what's worked well for you, what do the numbers look like and then why and how, and we do more of that. Obviously, it's going to work better. Correct. And the most important part of that is
1: we're broadcasting content to someone but that's just the start of the user journey. Typically, other than sort of shaping our brand or creating awareness, we want some action to come from the content we post. So in the case of the coffee cups, there was probably no action required there other than that was a brand building piece. But if I'm gonna promote a piece of work from our portfolio and I wanna target the marketing managers of a certain industry with that content so that they can see the the quality of the work that we have done, I then want to give them some sort of call to action following that so that they can potentially act on uh, inquiring with us or speaking with us or connecting with us if they're impressed by that. So you need to
0: have a conversation, but you also need to give them the what's, what's next. So by call to action, you mean take the next step to contact, download a white paper, click here to arrange a meeting, whatever that might be. Correct. It's a conversation. So look, it may just be a link to
1: a, a landing page. However, it might be, uh, you know, like you said, a question, uh, you know, do you need someone to, to sit down with you and discuss strategy X, Y, or Z? If you're not asking them, you're not going to get an answer. So the one thing with content is you don't want to over abuse uh, or become a, you know too aggressive with uh, any one strategy, but you need to
0: try them all and see what your audience is actually engaging with. Okay, I want to ask you about video content. That seems to be coming, just from me looking at what's going on online, that seems to be coming far more popular. Why Why is that? What's that about? Oh, the
1: video engagement rates are through the roof and uh, strangely the metrics are all around... You know whether people will watch a video for three seconds. That's where attention spans are at. So if you can get X amount of people watching for three seconds, uh, you know apparently that's something we need to know and act on. Uh, Fifteen seconds is deemed a success. So I guess people do get captivated with video, and therefore you do have a more uh, in, you know engaging uh, manner to deliver messages and i think that's been the big push from social as well that they do want less static content and they want you know the whole platform to be brought to life so lots of investment uh, in this area obviously uh, and i don't think it's essential for every business I, I don't think you need to force video upon your company just because it's it's the boom term at the moment but i think it is right for certain uh, for certain parts of your business for example if you're trying to attract, attract talent uh, and you haven't sort of got the you know the day in the life of Video. then are you properly communicating what culture's like, what it is like to work for your firm or business? Uh, Because just having a page about, you know, this is how you apply probably isn't enough these days. People people want more and video is a
0: great way to deliver that. Okay. Number one tip, Chris, for mid-market businesses to get digital marketing and social right. Well, I've told you this one before, but I believe
1: it all starts with just working out where your traffic comes from. I think that at the end of the day, if you consider your website, your central point, ultimately we need to know what's driving people to our website and what's resulting in goals, objectives achieved on that website. So. It would be great to say that all of your traffic came from search and that was your best channel and that was the highest performing. But the fact is you're probably missing out on opportunities with social or EDM or whatever it may be. So have a holistic review of where the people are coming from and then start to think about what opportunities you're missing out on. And if you don't know where to start, that's a great time to engage an agency to do so. Fantastic. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it.
0: And of course, if you want more tools and information to help you with what we've just talked about, head to the Market Matters resources page at midmarketmatters.com.au.